Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Hi, I'm Ken Jennings. All of us here at Jeopardy! would like to wish you a happy Veterans Day and thank you for your service to our nation. We truly honor and appreciate you. And what's more, we're looking for contestants like you to play on our show. So take the anytime test at Jeopardy.com and we look forward to seeing you soon right here on the Alex Trebek stage. Good evening and welcome to America's Heroes Group. I am U.S. Army Vietnam veteran, co-founder and host of America's Heroes Group, Cliff Kelly. Happy Veterans Day to all of our brothers and sisters, past and present today. To our advisory board member, Lieutenant General Russell Honore, you're greatly respected and appreciated for your integrity and excellence, my friend. And with that, welcome to America's Heroes Group. I'm Sean Claiborne. Army National Guard veteran, America's Group Group Roundtable, this time with our Illinois Treasurer's Office, celebrating and honoring Veterans Day. Today, of course, is Saturday, November 11th, 2023. November is Military Family Appreciation, National Family Caregiver, and Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month. And happy Veterans Day, of course. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our panelists with us today, Michael Frericks, Illinois Treasurer and elected president of the Bipartisan National Association of State Auditors, Comptrollers, and Treasurers in 2022. We're going to talk about how their office is going to honor veterans on Veterans Day. How are you doing today, sir? Well, Sean, pleasure to be here. Cliff, great to be with you again as well. Thank you, sir. So get us started, uh, Mr. Ferris. Tell us what is what are some of the special things you're doing for veterans today on Veterans Day? Uh, so the, the biggest thing we do in our office, we're in charge of unclaimed property. That can be a, a variety of cash that comes in our office, but it's also unclaimed bank safe deposit boxes. And it shouldn't be a surprise that something as special as military medals are frequently placed in those safe deposit boxes. You know, people went off, they fought in war, they're proud of, of that accomplishment, what they, how, how their, their award, and they don't want it stolen from their house. They don't want it uh, burn up in a fire. And so they put it in a bank safe deposit box, and too often they're either forgotten or the owners pass away and don't tell their children about them. And so these military medals come into our possession. We work very hard to return them to the rightful owners. Uh, recently, we returned one more Purple Heart. That brings us to 10 Purple wow. Heart ceremonies that we participated in. And I have to say, from a lot of experience working with your website, it's probably the, one of the easiest sites in the United States to actually navigate. I have to give you credit for that. I uh, did read up uh-huh. in, in July of this year, $11.5 million worth of unclaimed property was returned to Illinois citizens. I think that's remarkable. Um, how difficult is it to track, and and, uh, and what is the process for how you find these properties and these unclaimed safe deposit boxes? So I like to tell people that one of the hardest parts of my job is giving away money. <laughs> and people laugh and say, it should be easy to give away money, but the hard part is giving it away to the rightful owner. Lots of people would like to claim someone else's money. We have identity thieves out there who try to claim someone else's money. But when we reach out to people and tell them, hey, we have money for you, or we have a military medal for your father, a lot of people don't believe us. They don't believe the state of Illinois is giving away money. 
And so they think these are identity thieves and they hang up on us. So they don't reply to our to our letters. But it's something we take very seriously, including those contents, those safe deposit boxes, especially military medals. When I came into office, I looked in our vault. We saw a display case with all these interesting things there. And one of them was a Purple Heart. Wow. I know how important that is to families. Uh, I had an uncle earned, earned a Purple Heart in Vietnam. And I said, well, who does it belong to? And they didn't have the answer. And I think the reason is that uh, a lot of people came home from war. If they earned a Purple Heart for being disabled, they were in a difficult situation. Um, and it made it very traumatic. And so in many cases, they didn't talk about their Purple Hearts. That's why a lot of family don't know where they are, or in some cases, didn't even know that their father earned a Purple Heart in war. Hmm. And are banks required after so many years to give you this information, to get the state of Illinois information so they can track, so you guys can track and also keep that information handy because it might be some years before someone actually steps forward and says, okay, I'm the rightful heir of this metal or this content. I need to fill out the paperwork and get this returned to our family. Exactly. The banks are required by law. If after five years, the state deposit box has not been claimed after it's uh, expired, they turn it over to us. Um, But it can take a while for people to realize that they have something there. So with some of our unclaimed property from state deposit boxes, if after 10 years we can't track down the rightful owner, we'll auction it off. But not with military medals. You can't buy that valor. You can't buy that honor. We will hold on to military medals forever until the owner or their heirs or their grandchildren come around to claim it. Wow. Now, you also recently did some work to revamp uh, a financial wellness website that people can use to try and improve their lives and also gain some financial independence and also just get some better financial tools for themselves. Can you tell us about that and how veterans can take advantage of that? Yes, we encourage people to go to our FinWell Hub or our financial wellness hub on our website. There's a lot of information there. I think people, they serve their country and understandably, when they're overseas or in the service, they may not have their financial well-being at top of mind. You know, they have other greater concerns. When they come home, we want to make sure that they have a lifetime of financial security. Uh, some, if, they, if they work long enough, they might have a military pension that's paying them out, but it's not going to make them rich. We have to make the most of their money. And, you know, maybe they didn't in high school have the financial education. Maybe in the military they didn't have the financial education. We want to provide the tools so that they can make the most of their lives. Mm. Now, you just recently... Yeah. Uh, French, this is Rochelle Crump from the National Women Veterans United. And I was just wondering, are there any times when there are, like, artifacts or medals or anything like that that belong to women veterans? Yes. So we'll have things that we haven't found any Purple Hearts yet uh, for women veterans, but as, uh, mm-hmm. as veterans out there might know, uh, we have eight Purple Hearts in our possession. We mm. know who rented that safe deposit box, but we don't necessarily know who the medal belonged to. Because I think a lot of veterans will come back, maybe they, they have uh, an award, they have a, a Purple Heart, and they're mm-hmm. transient for a while. They're looking to settle down, and they'll give it to a parent or maybe a sibling to, to take care mm-hmm. of. So also Purple Heart, a Purple Heart is a Purple Heart is a Purple Heart. Uh, yes. It doesn't say what theater conflict it was earned in. It doesn't have a name engraved upon it. And right. so it can, that's even that much more difficult to return. Mm-hmm. But we've returned mm-hmm. 10 today. They really are some of the, the best, most special times of my time as treasurer. 
Wow. I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's really remarkable that you guys are actually doing that and actually and I did not know that you have a, had a longer window to claim property because you can cl- you claim property for up to ten years normally, but you can go beyond that even when it's when it's a metal. I think mm-hmm. that's really remarkable. Now you're a new father. Um, tell us about your twins and how has that transition mm-hmm. been? Mm-hmm. Juggling what you do every day plus having to take care of two twin boys. Uh, juggling is a great verb there. Uh, <laughs> I like to tell people they are wonderful. But they are a handful. They are exciting, but they are exhausting. There are nights when they let me sleep a good amount to the night, and then nights like last night where they just took turns uh, <clears throat> waking up and took turns napping today so that I didn't get my nap in. Hmm. Uh, but they're a joy, uh, very excited. We weren't planning on having two. Uh, they're identical twin boys. Uh, but, yeah, something that my, uh, my grandfather was an identical twin. Uh, my wife mm. and grandmother had identical twin sisters, so they sort of run in the family. And uh, like I said, they're they're wonderful. They're just sometimes a uh, handful. Wow. Well, what other things did you have for veterans that they can take advantage of that some of the services that the state treasurer provides that we don't know about? Well, so <clears throat> we really believe in diversity in our office. When I came into office, what we found is the uh, investment community didn't necessarily look like the people that I went out and campaigned for. And so we took efforts for what we call MWVD preferences. Uh, we want to reach out to minorities, women, veteran, and disabled-owned uh, owned business owners in the financial services industry. So that's, that's one place. Uh, we also make investments uh, in companies through, like, venture capital firms. We call it our Illinois Growth and Innovation Fund. And we've made a real effort there, an industry that's typically white and male, to we have, I think, now 43% of our investments are through MWBD firms. So we're trying to make sure that everyone in the state has the ability, has the tools they need to live whatever their version of the American dream is, and that uh, the people and companies we work with are reflective of the voters who uh, and citizens of the state who pay taxes. What would you like to see financial institutions do uh, in order to help you with that mission? So we partner with a lot of uh, financial institutions. I'm the chief banker for the state of Illinois, but we don't have a state bank. We have partnerships. We have relationships. Those banks have relationships with customers. Those banks have um, uh, lenders out there. But we've seen in the past, sometimes those banks don't always lend equally throughout the city or the state. So I joined with the city comptroller uh, a few years ago to create the Advancing Equity in Banking Commission make sure the banks, the report had come out that one bank had invested the vast majority of, <clears throat> of their loans in a few neighborhoods on the north side of Chicago. They weren't making loans on the south and west side of Chicago. And so we worked, we brought several banks together and said, this has to change. We have to have equity in banking. If we really want to grow as a city and as a state, we have to have make sure that everyone has equal opportunities uh, in the financial services industry. Now, now, your go ahead, go ahead. agency also has grants. Tell us a little bit about that. So we don't have a lot of grants. I'm the chief investment officer for the state of Illinois. Normally when we make an investment, we hope to get a return, but we do have the Charitable Trust Stabilization Grants. This is for smaller mm-hmm. nonprofits out there. Smaller nonprofits with less than a million dollars in annual budget. They're helping people with food safety or housing or workforce development. If they're giving people the skills they need to get good jobs, uh, we offer up grants twice a year to these smaller nonprofits to help um, meet needs in our state. 
the state can go out and try and meet some of those needs. When we work with these nonprofits, a lot of them might be faith-based. They attract a lot of volunteers. They raise money themselves. Our state dollars can go a lot further by partnering with these nonprofits than we can by doing it ourselves. Yeah. I think a lot of times the state treasurer doesn't get the attention or the office of the state treasurer doesn't get the attention oftentimes that we as citizens maybe need to pay more attention to. Um, if, if, and I would offer this to anybody who was state treasurer, no matter who it was. So I'm not, I'm not just giving you special privilege, but give us a 30-second commercial of what you've done, your office has been working on since you've been in office. Oh, well, I'll tell you two things. One, I've got the best job in state government. My job is to make money for the state. <clears throat> We've made over nearly $4 billion for the state. Uh, my, office, my job is to give you the tools they need to invest in themselves, whether it be through college savings or programs we set up like retirement savings or savings programs for people with disabilities. We fight on behalf of consumers here in the state to put money back into their pockets. To take notes, we return nearly $2 billion to people, nonprofits, and businesses in the state of Illinois. We deal with a lot of money. We receive about $55 billion in our portfolio, and we use that money to give people greater opportunities. I don't know if that was under 30 seconds or not, but I get really excited that I could talk much longer. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned something very specific. I wanted to touch base on that. $4 billion back to the state of Illinois. How did you accomplish that? That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. So it's a variety of things. One, uh, you know, we came in, there was a time there where the state was uh, behind on paying its bills. We didn't have a lot of money in our coffers. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last few years, the amount we've had to invest has grown. And since we've had more money in our accounts, we can make more money. Rising interest rates have helped as well. But in the past, the treasurer was told, be very conservative. Keep your money liquid. Make sure you don't lose money. Well, if you don't take any risk, you're not going to make any money. If you put your put your money under the mattress of your bed, um, you know, chances are it's going to be there when you want it, but it's not going to grow. So we went to the General Assembly and said, give us some greater latitude in how we make investment. If you give us a little more latitude, we can make more money. We also looked at the time frame that we invest for. And so we invest in a longer time frame, which gets a greater interest rate. You know, if you go to the bank normally, if you put money in a one-month CD, they're going to offer you a lower interest rate than a six-month CD. Mm. You put it in for six months, you're going to get a lower rate than a two- or three-year CD. So we've done it that way as well. Uh, by doing things differently, we've also tried to make an impact in what I call a double bottom line. When we invest in Illinois-based companies, we still make money. That's more money that can be spent on our schools, our universities, our roads and bridges. But also mm-hmm. when we invest in only companies and they're able to grow, they're able to hire more people and pay salaries, that's even more tax dollars coming into the state. So we've changed our focus here. When we invest in infrastructure, we invest in Illinois-based infrastructure and attract more dollars. When we invest in Illinois startups, we invest in Illinois-based companies to help grow, give more opportunities to everyone in our state. I like that. I like the idea that so a lot of banks um, fell into problems because they had longer term maturing bonds, and those bonds were maturing, but they couldn't. Uh, people were redeeming these bonds, at, at, and they were had they had to sell them at a loss. But you did the opposite. You were buying these longer maturities as the rates were going up, taking advantage of the inflation and the rising interest rates. Um, that being said, um, do you did it cause any kind of problems for you, or, or any kind of uh, any kind of uh, uh, obstacles for you having a, a rising interest rate environment and happening so quickly over twenty twenty two and this year? Yeah, no, it's provided opportunities for us. Now, still, we need to maintain liquidity so we can pay our bills in a timely manner. Uh, We don't take too much risk. When I talk about our investment in Illinois entrepreneurs, 
we only invest up to 5% of our state portfolio in those type of things. We invest in infrastructure, only up to 5%. So a lot of our investments uh, might be as long as five years, uh, but many of them might be as short as overnight. You know, if you've got um, $3 billion or $5 billion sitting around, doesn't need to be paid out tomorrow, uh, or maybe needs to be paid out tomorrow because it's in there tonight, we have investment vehicles for as little as overnight to make fractions of uh, a percentage of interest but a fraction of percentage on interest on $3 billion is still a lot of money. It compounds over time. And so we try and work very closely with the comptroller's office to figure out when money needs to go out, and we try to invest it as long as we can to get the highest rate of return. So before you go, we have about a few minutes left. Tell us some of the things you want all veterans to know about, and also um, let us know some, if anybody was in your family was a veteran and what that meant to you. Yeah, so this is uh, this is why Operation Purple Heart is so important to me. Uh, I recently wrote one of my uh, e-newsletters talking about the uncle I never met. Now, my mom always referred to him as Uncle Doug. My aunt's uncles referred to Uncle Doug. I never met Uncle Doug. I never met him because he died in Vietnam on the day my parents were married. Uh, my Aunt Bev was uh, a bridesmaid in that wedding. They did not know until a couple weeks later when a couple officers in the Army showed up to let her know her husband uh, had been wounded. Uh, he earned the Bronze Star for that, earned a Purple Heart, he had seven medals in total, and he was just someone that, even though he wasn't around, his memory was kept alive. And so when I saw that Purple Heart, I know how important it is to families. I wanted to return that. We've made this a big effort. I've deputized some of my staff, made them detectives, to go out there and search the Internet to try and track these people down. And we've returned 10 Purple Hearts so far. They really have been tremendous ceremony. Uh, there's one gentleman we called, he was living in Mississippi. He had given his Purple Heart to his mother in East St. Louis. And uh, when she passed away, he didn't know where she had put it. He thought his Purple Heart was lost. We called him and said, where can we mail your Purple Heart? And he says, do not put it in the mail. I, I don't trust the Postal Service. I will drive up to Chicago to get it. He drove up to Chicago from Mississippi to get his Purple Heart. Wow. Now, he did have a son who was living here as well. But I asked him. I said, now, how did, you, how did you earn this Purple Heart? What happened? And his, his voice quivered, and his eyes got teary, and his son who was sitting next to him said, Dad doesn't talk about that time. And I think that's mm. part of the reason why it's so difficult to, um, uh, to find these, the owners of these Purple Hearts. Because this, this individual, you know, he watched some of his buddies die. And mm. he didn't say this, but I know there are other people who sort of have survivor's guilt. You know, I got shot, I got wounded, I got a Purple Heart, but, you know, you know, maybe my buddy took a bullet that was aimed for me, and they feel they feel bad for being here. They don't want to talk about it. They don't brag about this. We returned a Purple Heart to one woman when we told her that it belonged to her father. She said, well, that can't be. My dad never earned a Purple Heart. Mm. He came back from the Korean War, never told his family, never talked about it, put it aside in a safe deposit box. So this is why it's difficult. We still have at least eight more Purple Hearts we'd like to return. And if any veterans out there are listening, say, hey, I want to, I want to do something for my fellow vet, and go to our website and, uh, and search for Operation Purple Heart. This is something I started a couple of years ago. We put out the information on those safe deposit boxes. Let's provide some clue. Someone out there may recognize a name. They may recognize that bank. They may be able to give us some bit of information that will ultimately have us uh, track down the owner or, or their rightful heirs, and we would love to return more of these. 
I really appreciate all the work you guys are doing at the Treasurer's Office. You are a great wealth of information and also a great uh, civil servant to our state of Illinois. Michael Frerichs, thank you for your time. Sean, Cliff, thank you both very much. And have a happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Cliff, that was really special. Rochelle, any final words or thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the programs that are there are great, you know, and he does a really good job in outreach to let people know what's going on in their agency. They have wonderful staff there also. You know how you have some agencies you can't get any information to sometimes, and, you know, they're really, like, hands-on returning calls, and and uh, outreach, you know, in the communities are great also. So, you know, there's that. We look all the time for agencies that can accommodate our public, if you will, and then especially our veterans when we're looking for so many things. And I really hope they find those, you know, owners of those uh, Purple Heart medals. I think that's important to a lot of people, and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll help get the information out by doing just what we're doing now, you know. That's right. Talking about yeah, it, bringing them on the line, that's so important, that's right. you know, to everyone. So he does a great job. He's a very personal person, you know. I gotta um, cut you. Let me cut you off right there. We just ran out of getting over sure. our, our time spot. But I appreciate both you guys and also your input and everything, and also really appreciate what Michael Ferris is doing as a state treasurer. Um, once again, go on to the Unclaimed Properties website. I preach this all the time. Do it. it just, don't, just don't worry about how long it's been. Just go in there and check. America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.